Welcome to the Honest Wargamer and the Asia Sigma Stat Center. With me, your host, Rob, and the Owen Jackson. Hey, Owen, how you doing? I'm good, Rob. How are you, man? You well? Uh, I'm a lot better than I was la- this time last week. I think like, I was coming into a real serious cold last week, uh, and so I was really struggling. Uh, but weirdly, even after six, maybe I've just started to get, maybe I've just started to get the reps in. Do you know what I mean? Maybe, ah, okay. maybe I've just started to get stronger. Tournament fit. Who knows? We've all got to do it. Loads of the lads at the weekend were like, three games is a lot. Three games is a lot. I was like, five's going to be worse. You guys need to get it in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You've got to get that stamina up, right? We've all been sat down for a year. Um, <laughs> although sitting down when you play Warhammer is, is, is a good one. I've, I've faced a few players and when they sat down, they reserve all that energy. Whereas I'm always a fidgety pacing mess. I don't know about you, Rob. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, when I play, I tend to, I tend to move around quite a bit, uh, a lot, like, uh, I'm always focusing, trying to, um, trying to guess what's happening, that's basically how, yeah, that's where I'm at, so yeah, I'm not quite as pacey as some of my other friends, Tom tends to predate around the table, uh, I'm not that bad, uh, but yeah, uh, anyway, uh, are you well, how are you, are you good, we missed you for a couple of weeks, how you been? I'm good, man. Yeah, I've, yeah. So sorry to everybody. I know that some. Don't be sorry. Enjoy. Don't be sorry. But some how people are you? enjoy me rambling away on the internet sometimes about Warhammer. So no, it's just work, man. You know, I've I've, I've been dead with work for 15 months. So some work came along, and I just I can't turn it down. But it's a bank holiday Monday. Everyone's off, right? Apart from us hardworking Warhammer types, bringing you know, never take a day off. I realised yesterday that I haven't had a day off for like 450 days. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. someone's like, oh, when did you take days off? And I was like, actually, technically, not for 450 days. But uh, <laughs> when you work for yourself, Rob, you never stop working. That's exactly. Well, I'm actually very excited today. We've got some event results to talk about. Obviously, I've just come off the back of the, the Super Series events. So we've had two of the events for round one, uh, which were like, my brain is swimming with Warhammer stuff now. Like, and in, in the good way, you know, in that post tournament, like, fugue state where you're just like, how do I feel about every list ever? I don't know, is uh, is where I'm at. And then obviously also all the Age of Sigmar 3 drops and leaks, which me and Nathan will be talking about on the show tonight at 7pm. So personally, it's like another full day of excitement and enthusiasm for the for the hobby. So I, like, I, I'm genuinely very enthused. I'm, I'm happy that I'm not as ill as I was last week because there's just loads going on. Like, I'd like I'm still unsure on Gargans. Still there. Still not. I'm still unsure on. Yeah, four crawlers. Not what I thought they would be. Like, yeah, like there's so many things to take in. I'm not really sure. So many things I haven't even decided to talk to the gorgeous people of the Twitch chat and thank them all for being here. Thanks to Colonel Cabbage for resubscribing. Uh, thank you to uh, Sheltog also for resubscribing. Appreciate you. Thanks all for being here. Lovely to see you. We're all as excited as you are to have Owen on the show. Thanks to all of my Hydro homies, uh, especially uh, lovely people like Jens, who sent me a message earlier. And thanks to all the YouTube thugs. Uh, Noops, I got you back. Uh, Adam Jackson, big fan of you. Um, thanks for thanks for always leaving. Yeah, thanks for leaving great messages. So uh, thanks, thugs. Uh, and hey, Horridia Martin. And thanks, everyone, for joining us live. Uh, Owen, you also played some Warhammer at the weekend. I'm not letting you get away from this. You're going to have to tell us about it. Really? Nah, it was... It's... There's, there's more important things to talk about. Come on, just, get, just give travails. us a quickie. Okay, uh, it was the classic thing of uh, not having half of my army painted with 24 hours to go, which was fun. So um, had the classic, you know, Friday night before the tournament, uh, speed painting a load of stuff. But Perfect. yeah, 
I don't want to steal. Um... <laughs> With 18 months prep time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> fucking ridiculous. What a waste of space I am. I've been sat around thinking about lists. Well, no, that's the thing. Anyway, I took um, I took my TTS list, Rob. All this whole thing about TTS isn't real Warhammer bollocks. It's not quite the same, um, but still, I think all of that learning from over the last year really helped. So anyway, I don't want to steal James's thunder because this was James Powell. Well, Absolutely. he won't be here. He won't be on the show tonight, unfortunately. Is so it because he played? He played six games of Warhammer at the weekend and is currently not fit for human consumption. Is that is that it? There's that, but he's actually currently still chasing down a unit of 15 Hurricane Wind Chargers. He's, <laughs> he's still chasing them. He's, 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 his clan rats are just jogging after him. They've been playing. They're, they're on turn 804. He said if he gets the next eight priorities, he's got them. Uh, <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. If you guys don't know what we're referencing, go back and watch uh, all of the games from yesterday where we saw uh, Matt Goddard's unit of 15 Hurricane Wind Chargers playing the Helon Nation. Just change my mind still swimming from how I feel about it. I spoke to uh, a good friend of mine, AOS Tubbs, uh, earlier today on WhatsApp. He still doesn't think Severus is worth it for 300 points. I don't know if he's worth it, not worth it. Like, honestly, I could probably talk about yesterday's games or the past two the weekend's games for about eight hours so how is it been this morning though man? have you managed to get uh speckles's brain out of the carpet no so yesterday was my first experience now obviously with uh tournaments opening up and that's what we're going to be talking about today of course we're going to be talking about events from around the world lists from other people that have done around the world not really talking about our experiences but my experiences of someone else's experience so actually watching um, the new Lumineth Realm Lords post-FAQ with Helon Nation. I'll get some water in me, thank you. Uh, uh, Post-Helon, like, so with Helon Nation with the Wind Chargers, with Severith. First time actually seeing it on the tabletop. Very much like your first experience playing it in real-life tournament. And all I, I'm just blown away. I'm still, my head is still swimming. Like, I already knew. We read the Battle Tome. I banged on about Wind char- Chargers all the time. I said it's a thing. I kind of dismissed Severith a little bit, but he was keyword locked at that point. Um, and so, like, I was like, ah, oh, it'll be easy if you if you don't have shooting, <laughs> just, or if he's on a two up, a two up uh, armor savory rolling ones with a five up DPI, he can take an entire skin carby to the face. So, just so many things to still absorb, and how that plays into the meta, and how it it goes into future Age of Sigmar tournaments, which is basically what we talk about today, right? So, just fascinating stuff. Yeah. Sorry, uh, I'm talking. No, no, that's good. No, no, it's good. I, I think coming back to my experiences from the weekend, that that's actually putting a pin in that because there's a lot of people coming back. So obviously James's little event, I won't touch on it too much, but we had it was a wonderful time, twenty fantastic people. Um, but there was a fair amount of people coming back in and going, "Oh shit, your army does this," or you know, there's like a lot of there's been a lot of talk on the internet and a lot of hobby, but outside of TTS, no one's been playing games. So there were quite a few players coming back and going. Oh, right. So these Bastilladoms, they shoot twice, every single one for a CP. And, you know, there's a fair amount of, um, yeah, just, just kind of going, you know, people experiencing stuff for the first time. So even though, like, Severeth and the Wind Charges is very much like a new hot thing, some people haven't even played against the new Seraphon book yet. So, you know, there was, there was a fair amount of that at the weekend of, um, you know, there was a mixture of top tier lists and, and some fun lists. But, yeah, I took my OBR, I took my TTS list. And I think that people hadn't played against Double Harvester and 70 Mortex. So there was a fair amount of come in, charge, 
I soak up the hit and then I <laughs> kill your whole army back. So yeah, it was great. I went, I learned a lot. Um, I wonder I wonder if the the enthusiastic charge into a unit that you don't kill or even hurt really is the same as when you like drop that joke that you think is just brilliant and then it's just silence. Yeah, and you're like yeah, yeah. Okay. We need to recover from this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't think that uh, James Thompson's, uh, uh, sorry, the Dreadwoods um, uh, Mournfang will ever recover from their learning experience of their turn one charge. <laughs> <laughs> I also heard you played against the legend that is Nathan Prescott, the voodoo champion himself. Yes, Nathan, he had both one-eyed Grunach and two-eyed Grunach. So his uh, loon boss was called two-eyed Grunach. That's the thing, there was like, there were, there were narrative names and there was loads of fun stuff. But yeah, Nathan and I played again. Um, and once again, it was, uh, you know, Bone Reapers versus Gits, which is a tough matchup for him. So I bravery shot off 27 out of a four of his grots on turn one, which was a really nice way to... <laughs> yes, no back. nets for you, jerk! <laughs> yeah, minus one this. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but no, I had I had some good games, some real good learning. Um, I, I did actually, in reflection, I won some clutch prios. And I played um, James. My first round was Seraphon, Fangs of Sotex. So I played James, James, Hobbs. James Hobbs, absolute stellar gentleman. Um, really had a good game. But I shot off all of his skink priests and star priests before he had his second turn. So I was, again, <clears throat> quite lucky. But no, the main thing was hanging out with mates, playing Warhammer. Brilliant. I'm sure you had that all weekend as well, right? There was just so much love in the room and everyone just smiling and being happy. So... You know, I don't want to make people feel um, sad who can't play in person, but when you can, don't worry, it'll be worth the wait. That's all. 100%, that's all I want to say. Hundred percent. And I like everyone to know that obviously, like, you know, we were we were really serious with like restrictions and and masks and all those other things as well. And I know that your event was in the garden, so uh, trying yes. to be sensible, uh, prudent as well uh, as enjoying ourselves. But I'm glad you got to go out there and roll some bones uh, and with the bones. Bones of the Bones, uh, yeah. The was... Lord, Lord of the Bones. It's it fun. Was... Okay. It was fun. Uh, so, yeah, we've had, uh, we have had some great experiences. I'm going to be talking about my experiences at the weekend and all of the reveals from the weekend tonight with Nathan Prescott. So, we'll talk about that. I'm sure you'll hear his side of some of those events as well. Did you win all your games? Did you win all your I, games? I did win all my games, yes. I beat uh, Seraphon Fangs of Sotek, Nathan's Gits, and then I beat uh, an Ogre, um, a Boulder Head Ogres list. Hey, Rob, I'm worried that my computer's going to crash, so I'm going to just go and um, plug in my charger. I'll be 30 seconds. No problem. I'll, ca I'll, so, carry, I'll carry this show. It's been like... four weeks, man, and like I've just forgotten how to do this. So back in a second. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'll take this opportunity to thank everyone on the Wargaming Patreon for supporting the show so that I'm able to do this full time. It means the world to me. Uh, and I just want to thank all of you generally for just being, just being badass. Um, uh, obviously, we this. I know a lot of people. A lot of you are going to be wondering what we're going to do with the stats center. Obviously, in Age Sigma Three, but just want you to know it's going to carry on uh, as much as possible. We're prepped to take in tournament results as soon as Age of Sigma Three lands. So as soon as it lands, and you guys want to start firing stuff off to us, we're uh, we're going to take that information in. We've got, um, you know, we're all ready. You know, whether they be primary you score, secondary you score, tertiary you score, whatever the situation. So we're all prepped, ready to rock. Uh, so uh, do tune in there now. Um, Owen has a new room. Everyone's noticed. Uh, great job from Week Rob. Probably the best coverage I've ever watched. Thank you, Sorbonne. Uh Eric Sorbonne. I appreciate you. Uh, I've got to, uh, Tonight I'll bang on about the team. The team were wonderful. I'll talk about them tonight. Uh, but today we're going to talk about other people around the world, Owen. Kick us off. Lead the show for me, my friend. 
I will, I will. I'll just give a props to JJ number 10, who's just jumped into the chat. Um, he was the top performing uh, player who also won all his games at James's event with a nasty little Thunder Lizards list. So, Can I ask um, a question about JJ? Go on. Has he got fatter over lockdown? Mate, he's got thinner, if anything. He was, he so was really good. dashing. I know, I know. I know. This was like, I was like, maybe like he won't be as funny. Like He can't really get no. that away, but I was like, maybe he'll just get a bit chunkier and he could just fuck off. But no. He's just perfect then, basically. Uh, you, you can continue to be jealous of JJ. No, nothing has changed there. Uh, <laughs> shit. Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> go on then. Uh, tell me what's happened around the world. Um, around the world, there's a big event, a TTS event, um, which has finally come to completion. Um, it's going on. It's been going on for most of the year, actually. So um, this was the world's AOS team event. Um, which was 24 teams uh, of four players each playing five rounds. So um, I want to give a shout out to Matt Tyrell, who was running it all from Australia. Um, I mean, I've done it and uh, in terms of, uh, you know, running TTS events, and they're quite a unique challenge wrangling all those players. So big props to Matt for, um, you know, almost 100 players, you know, organizing all of them and getting them That's all a to nightmare. play the games. That's Mate, a nightmare. Yeah. It was it was a huge it was a huge undertaking. Um, obviously, all done for free, um, no entry fee. So massive props to him for bringing together all the gamers. Um, and yeah, we we come to the end and and the winner of this world's AOS event. Now there were loads of great players in there. You had ETC players, players for their national countries. You know, stars of TTS, stars of the you know the regular um, you know in real life Warhammer. Um, and it was the Danish guys. Rob, who you met at the Battle of Copenhagen. So Casper. Oh, fantastic. Yes, this is the Rogue Trader team. Casper, Sven, Casper, um, uh, and also uh, Runa. Um, now they, yeah, they took it out. Um, they scored more points than any of the other players. Um, and I've got a little breakdown of their lists if you're interested, Rob, as a, as I a would team love composition. To hear, I would love to hear about this. So again, this is for everyone just catching up. 24 teams, four players, five rounds. Uh, thanks to Wraith UK for donating five gift subscriptions in the chat. That's super here at the weekend. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, good start to the day. Appreciate you. Thanks. Especially to Ray B Station getting one. <laughs> funky. Uh, so, yeah, appreciate you. Hey, Diadrin. I also want to thank, uh, 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 oh, God, I can't speak right now. Hippie Chef, uh, one of our, uh, a fan we all are of Hippie Chef for resubscribing. So, thanks. Appreciate you. Uh, yeah, big love. Big love. Sorry, carry on, Owen. No, that's right. So, yeah, this was, um, yeah, Casper Svend, Casper uh, Karlsmost, and then Runa. So, yeah, they were um, really interesting here, Rob. So their highest performing list in that tour- in that team um, was, was a 5-0 and o list, which is the Ossiarchs, the Mortis Praetorians list of Catacross and Nagash with uh, with death, with minimum death riders and chronomantic no, cards. really? Big five zero, yeah. I think he was actually up there, maybe in the third place, sort of best performing uh, list in in the tournament. Um, wow. Yeah, so that was their top performer, and then you had a Cities of Sigmar Hallow Heart uh, list. So Bridge. It's quite interesting one though. Rather than going for a big block of Iron Drakes, I think he had like at least three, if not four, units of ten Iron Drakes. So like MSU Iron Drakes, big block of thirty Phoenix Guard, uh, long strikes with Aether Wings for that move, so he's protecting. And I've seen that in play, you know, it really does protect the castle. Um, yeah, so th- he did really well, he, he went 4-1. And then the two other lists, uh, I mean, we saw it at the weekend, I think it was Will Barton for Beast Midlands, 
with a big wire list. This was an iron fist list with 75 odd boys uh, was, was, was one of the rogue trader lists. Um, you know, with a weird knob shaman and a couple of war chanters. It's, uh, so, went... fascin- it's so fascinating, right? That 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 seventy-five uh, uh, list because I think seventy-five R boys because I think you really can compare it to two other lists. You can compare it to the Blight Kings list, which you've seen play on TTS all the time, right? Because I feel what it is, it's like medium output. I'm going to call it medium because I think that's fair. Um, like medium, medium to high output and good survivability but i don't know if it's survival i think it's probably got better output than the blight kings but not survivable as the blight kings and then no matter what happens the ginger fire slayers have got it all day long as like a as a as a variant do you know what i mean like i think when you're pushing into the 75 i think when uh, anyway sorry you were talking about this please continue no no no. i think that's a very fair point because i think if you look at those three archetypes um i think the big war has has a more reliable delivery method to get in there an alpha, which you see often when, especially when they're facing things like, I don't know, I think Will got played into Seraphon, I think, round one against John Dale Seraphon. I've watched a bit of that game. And yeah, yeah. They've got the delivery method with medium output and the fact that they know they're going to lose that unit. The Fire Slayers have got insane output, but outside of the tunneling, they've got no other delivery method. So they just have to walk forward and get punched in the face. And then I think the Blight Kings are maybe in the middle. They've got an insane delivery method because they've got the run and charge and the trees and stuff like that. But then their output is kind of not, it's not, depending on how they roll, it's similar to the art boys. So anyway, yeah, that kind of tanky four up save, you know, they can with, with a six up after save on the art boys. Um, I, think what's yeah. re- I think what's really interesting and JJ, really good point. I'd love to come back to that in a moment. Uh, and also, where's my raccoon? I think that might be Will in the chat. He only got 10 hard boys back the entire tournament. Well, we'll see. Oh, no. Oh, and this is where's my raccoon talking about this TTS list. We'll, we'll see. That, yeah, that's who it is. Okay. Uh, well, Chebby, thanks for resubscribing. I was going to say uh, that um, one of the interesting things about the 75 hard boy list, again, looking at how Will played it, look at how maybe it was played here, is we go back to a couple of years to when like the book first came out. We saw Leo Ratunin actually play it in a very different way. Like... Again, fascinating conversation on that book coming out, talking about playstyles, which seems to just be a conversation I'm having this morning with a few players around the world about how people play and the playstyles, psychology of playing. And one of the things is Leo only ever really used it to move block and mm. not to fight, which is, I mean, as an Uruk player and a destruction menace that you listening at home may be, I know that seems counterintuitive to have a bunch of Uruks not fight, but his main the thing was to not fight and just hold. And I find mm. that really interesting that that we saw it maybe try to fight its way through, but it couldn't fight its way through. I, I don't know. Like, I, I think I think you have the same the same list and you play it two different ways at least. Mm. And it doesn't like, and, and you can make something different happen on the tabletop. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, well, also, um, I don't know if everyone's been aware of this, but certainly two sort of new terms or play styles that I've become a, a, aware of over the last six months are, I always used to know about the alpha strike, you know, your eels, alpha strike, but now there's alpha tag and alpha bunker. So I think you, what you were describing there with Leo's is potentially the alpha tag, where he kind of is not necessarily going in and putting all the art boys in and... Um, you know, punching through a unit and then sitting there, he'll just use the teleport and the charge to do that tag thing, a bit like what you'd see with a, you know, a big unit of chain rasps or something where they tag something and then block off the rest of the board. So he's looking to deny board space and win on the mission uh, whilst not actually putting a load of output out. Um, And then obviously the alpha bunker would be using a teleport to just, you know, swamp in and just hold the opponent in place. So... It is funny how, you know, you can 
you can play a certain army in in a very and that's the strength of the book right you can play it in a certain in, in a few different ways um so finally um a uh, disciples of zinch list this was run by uh casper agdal so who we saw on stream running you know zinch kairos and the great bray shaman he loves his zinch but he's been playing a really interesting one so this is host duplicitous rob with a with a lord of change kairos fate weaver and a sorcerer lord on manticore um I think that this list specifically would you could do a whole show on it because there's so many options. So is this uh, this is Casper's list, right? We have talked about this before. He played he, he either he played this or a French player played this about we talked about it maybe about ten months ago, um, where we talked like and I went on a long tirade about how Zinch really is an eighteen inch army. Yes, no, yeah, you're right. This was oh my god, I'm gonna get his name wrong now. This was Clay Franchet, wasn't it? Yes, Clay Canadian. Franchet, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, yeah, he was leaning more into it being an insane summoning engine. I don't know if Casper's specifically played in that way, um, but um, oh, look at that! MJ Pegasus dropping in some some. I know some gifts. subs. I've been just wanting to take a minute to thank Mick J Fowler for resubscribing. So appreciate you, and thank you to MJ Pegasus for donating five gift subscriptions and for being someone who always uh, I can have a conversation with, whether or not we agree or disagree on a thing. He's a he's a treasure. Uh, thanks for being wonderful. Um, yeah. Anyway, we'll continue. I've got a lot of love in my heart for the Twitch chat today. They're my, um, they're my, they're my team. What I'm going to do very quickly for all the gang is I'm just going to put a link here to all the lists. So if people want to go and have a look at these lists, um, what's really helpful in Tabletop TO is it will show the lists in order of the most, the best. So you'll find these top lists from the uh, the team name was Rogue Trader. You'll find those Rogue Trader lists up there. And um, yeah, certainly that Zinch list. Um, you know, it's it's one of those ones. It's like a book that just keeps getting better the more you read it. So the more that you know about what Zinch can do, then um, yeah, you'll find some really interesting tech in there. Um, but but outside of that, um, the runner-up team. This is a, a really strong team again. This was called Team SYM. So this was Stephen Follows, David Allen, uh, Luke Morton, and Lewis Swan. Uh, they came in second. Um, and then um, uh, third place, I think we've already mentioned a few of them. There's a few of them in the chat. Um, it's uh, it's the Disciples of Janice. So Hippie Chef, Alex Tubb, Luke Willoughby and Trogdor. So I think that this is like a pure TTS bros. I don't know if these people knew each other before TTS was a thing. So it's like a beautiful relationship that's blossomed over the Internet. Um, but um, yeah, they came in third. Um, so that was... If I'm not mistaken, I believe Hippie Chef was running his usual Flesh Eater Courts. Alex Tubb had an interesting Slaves to Darkness list. Luke was spamming Half-Guard Berserkers and blowing people up. And then Trogdor was running around with some Ogres. So, um, yeah, but they did great to come in third. Um, uh, so, that yeah, that, that was the World's AOS event. I do have one thing, though, Rob. Yeah. The, the top-performing list at the whole event, I thought you might be... It didn't come from... From any of those teams um it was actually oliver dempsey um, a regular tts player um he uh, a canadian player he was playing for a team called tickle me techless um, <laughs> and uh yeah he was um he he he, he won all of his games uh, so he went five and oh and that was with the daughters of cain list um so this was hagnar um so Marathi came with Mind Razor, Shadow Queen, Hag Queen on a Cauldron of Blood with Martyr's Sacrifice, a Blood Rack Shrine, um, and then 20 Bloodstalkers. Shock horror. Um, 10 Witch Elves, 10 Witch Elves, 
and then two units of nine canine shadow stonkers and then the blood rack viper so um yeah you've got your your two screens in sorry four screens uh in your shadow stalkers and your witch elves and then yeah just 20 blood stalkers and and shadow queen uh, you know, they, they tend and to... And that culture of blood. So actually, I got asked today, so Math Mallow is doing the coverage with me uh, over the weekend. Uh, he stayed over last night, this morning at breakfast. He was like, because the Warhammer talk never stops, uh, was like, uh, if you were going to a tournament this weekend, Rob, what would you take? And I said, it would be Marathi Kane and 15 or 20 stalkers. And then he was like, what else? And I was like, well, that's a great question because there's kind of two ways you take this. And I've talked about this a bit. You've got Hagnar with the cauldron which I think is that we saw this play already uh, from Eric at the Super Series from the Geo. And I think it's a really smart play because there's kind of two ways you can go about it. What he's done, obviously, with the Cauldron and in Hagnar, you're basically giving that unit of 20 snakes that you spent all the points on. Tarquinex, thanks for thanks for subscribing uh, very much. It's not my birthday. Henrik, sorry. Henrik, Heinrich, Henrik. I, I keep saying his name wrong and I'm sorry, but he's a treasure. I'm going to get it right. Um, but he did the same sort of thing. And you, you either go for that defensive plus one save from the cauldron the cauldron also is a beat stick of course very cheap and then you also are doing the mortal wound save and i think um uh, which is really really good obviously from hagnar and then obviously you could just put re-roll you could put re-roll the fanatical faith roll on them as well so they're even more survivable which i think is really really clutch and then you put everything else in or you go calibron and then you start teleporting even more stuff but i'm going to ask you owen of the two, so the Calibron gives you, so the Hagnar gives you the survivability, the Calibron gives you more utility, but like Oliver Dempsey's list has got, he's got those two units of Canine Shadow Stalkers, Stonkers, Stonkers, st- st- see I'm still being too serious because I did work for the weekend, I like, I haven't even sworn yet, what the, <laughs> what the fuck are you playing at me, <laughs> although actually Rob, we should ask what the fuck I'm playing at because I got it wrong hippie chef in the chat is pulling me up and he's correct i'm a bit of a tired brain this morning it was the disciples of janice that came in second and it was actually team beatdown that came in third so my bad it was very very close by the looks of it but definitely um the rogue traders came first disciples of janice came second then it was team beatdown who came third so apologies there that's uh i I've took four weeks off rob and i don't have a bloody clue what i'm doing no, don't anymore, worry do about I? it you, i mean you so wrote it uh, but my yeah, my question following up is, which of those two like that? So that would be the tournament list I would take, right? Mm-hmm. It would be Shadow Queen and the Stalkers, and then because uh, I honestly don't know what the answer is to deal with them is is what I'm at, with, like is where I'm at. So my question is, is do you would you take it Hagnar like Oliver Dempsey did and smashed it up? Well done, Oliver, great work. Or would you go for the Calibron and be a bit more techy? Where are you at? Uh, I would probably go uh, Hagnar, just because. Um, like if you think that you put your shadow stalkers up front as your screens, potentially, um, then making them minus one to hit in melee and then having a re-rollable five up, um, from, uh, you know, the fanatical faith roll for, I think the, the, basically the five up re-rollable, um, for a unit is stronger than the teleport if you play, play it well, um, because you still do have the shadow stalkers to, to then go off. So, uh, you know, putting those shadow stalkers forward as your screens, you know, and then whatever they come and hit, you can then teleport them out away elsewhere. Even if it's just the hero from the unit, like the Shroud Queen's left, you can bounce her off somewhere. Um, I, I do think the making the screens more survivable would be my choice because uh, you've got enough tricks already. That would be yeah, my, okay. my Yeah, same. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly the same. I'd go Hagnar as well. 
but I just thought it was it was nice for everyone to hear about because it's just amazing. We talked about it on the show before, but just in case you haven't been aware of it, uh, the command ability from Marathi makes the Shadow Stalkers, uh, sorry, not Shadow Stalkers, sorry, the Blood Stalkers, uh, be able to shoot in the hero phase as well as the shooting phase. They've got an amazing shooting attack. Uh, that's a 560 point unit, and they're going to be doing. Uh, 40 shots in the hero phase, 40 shots in the hero phase, threes, threes, rend one, one damage. Any sixes to hit are going to cause a mortal wound. So, just really good. Yep, they're solid. There's a reason they're on the front cover of the new book, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they all, I was, I've been thinking about battle tome artwork and stuff recently because, um, you know, obviously helping Darren with the Feastmasters. And, yeah, they always put this new star on the front cover, don't they? Yeah. You know, you've so, got... So you all know, about... The, you put the... Yeah, yeah. The, the great... So that... Yeah. So for Stormcast, does that mean that the, the winged lady is going to be the one? She's, she's going to be... Yeah, she's going to be the one. Although, when you think about it, Rob, so we've got Bloodstalkers on the front cover of Daughters of Cain. Yeah. Excellent unit. When the first Sylvaneth Battle Tome came out, you had your Tree Revenant on the front cover. You know, yep. great unit. New, new Slanesh book. I think it's the twin. I think it's the twin souls. So, um, you know, we're still just Sleepy waiting. Sleepy unit. I've been told by many a person on the internet. Sleepy unit. Um, and my and my opinion on them is wrong. So, uh, looking forward to see you guys posting those tournament results any day now. Any day now. Sleeping in the dead pile on the side of the board. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> JP, well, uh, by the way, JP, yesterday I saw him painting up his Severith, or I saw him painting up Severith. Brilliant, brilliant. I like, talk, talk, listen to me talk about Severith tonight because I got no clue. I got no clue what my feelings are. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. it's really, uh, yeah, you're right, though. It just reinforces shooting. That's my only problem, and I'm not a huge fan of shooting, although, you know, crawlers aren't, don't count, right? Crawlers do count, Owen. Crawlers don't count. Crawlers do count. <laughs> Crawlers count. <laughs> Dude, that's Nathan, these poor grots. All right, so well done to Oliver Dempsey for taking that list together um, and putting it together, those Shadow Stalk, uh, Bloodstalkers. I mean, I said it when we saw Henrik play at the Super Series. I was like, you guys need to get used to this. This is something you're going to see play all the time. It's a very consistent list. It's going to do very well. Um, I do think it can fall apart. Like, if you had something, like, as aggressively hateful as... Uh, Speckles is a bunch of Ghoul Kings on Terror Geist or something that you can just slam in. And I think also, I, I was talking to Smorgan about this yesterday, um, with the Gargans. Uh, oh no, Donal. I was talking to Donal about this yesterday with the Gargans. I, I think if you took all of the Gargans and just launched them at them, yeah? Because mm -hmm. everyone throws one or two, you just take them all. And you just be mm -hmm. like, all of it. Then you just get the double turn. <laughs> that's the plan turn one away run yeah, at but Speckles did that though didn't he against Eidneth Deacon and it still didn't work out for him so it's not only always that the game way sometimes it'll work okay alright maybe I don't know <laughs> I don't I'll know I, was, I think I'd like to try and play it just like swamp them with Mega Gargans but we'll see uh, alright so that's the AOS Worlds well done again huge shout out to Matt Tyrrell over from Australia for organising that putting the effort in uh, like just doing it off the good of his own back, like putting all that, that that good solid work in. So well done to him. Yeah, and I just want to clarify that I did get it wrong initially. So apologies to people um, that I got it wrong, but I'm a human and I make mistakes and we learn and move on. So yeah, that was Rogue Trader first, 
Disciples of Janice Second, and then Team Beatdown, who I believe are a made up of a Canadian North American team. Yeah, they did great. Anyway, we, we all had a good time, and lots of Warhammer was played, and that's the main thing, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm just rambling at this point, Rob. Um, uh, then we've got a uh, a little little tournament in. Um, I, I thought we'd talk about this one because uh, I really like Ellis, and um, uh, and I thought it would be an opportunity to just show that you know some little little events are popping back up in um, uh, in the UK, and it's a nice thing to see, isn't it? You know, everyone being safe and wearing masks and you know doing the right thing, but also um, being able to roll some dice and play some competitive Warhammer. So. Um, we had a little tournament up at Ellis's new, um, it's got a new shop called Elysium War Games up in uh, Pontefract in Yorkshire. Um, and yeah, it was, it was only 12 players in three games. Um, but yeah, lists were on the day. They had missions in advance. And then he did have some really good prize support. I think you could basically get about 40 or 50 pounds worth of um, vouchers for the shop, which, you know, start collecting box or something. They actually um, just moved, they just, if I think, I, th I think, the Elysium War Games, which is where it is, have just moved into a new shop as well. Yes, I think I did see something on on Twitter about that. So obviously, they're looking, and I believe he's got like you know plenty of gaming tables, and he's going to be running regular events. So I think um, this this event was called Return of the Hammer, but I think that there'll be yeah we'll we'll see a lot more out of um out of out of Elysium War Games over the years. So it'll be good. Um, yeah, re really good. So this was, they played Focal Points, they played Star Strike, and then the final round was Forcing the Hand. Um, and it was won by um, Paul Whitehead with a Seraphim Force, um, Kotal's Claw Rob. Um, he's so, back. He's back. He's if it's the Paul Whitehead, uh, I'm thinking of Paul's uh, a bit of an Age of Sigmar pre-1 and then post-1 player. Uh, lovely fella. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, if he's running around with his Kotal's Claw, uh, he, he was the person who inspired me to run a bunch of Thunder Tusks and Stonehorns at an event one time because um, uh, they just look like huge fun. Huge yep. fun. Uh, so, yeah, wonderful. And what did he take? Seraphon Cottle's Claw. Nice. I really yeah, like that. Interesting list as well. So um, I can I've, it's in the bottom of the show notes. So what it is, it's um, he had a Saurus Old Blood on Carnosaur, Dominant Predator, Eviscerating Blade. Uh, Lord Croak himself, obviously all those players wanting to get the most out of the, the soon-to-be-dead, dead frog scroll. Um, yeah, so yeah, this was um, the original the original Croak, the terror of TTS, um, brought, you know, manifested on the table for all to see. Uh, so yeah, anyway, Lord Croak, rocket, Stella Temple. Do you know if he had some rocket raptors in there? You wait, baby. We got oh, the trio. Okay. Oh. Three raptor rockets, or whatever they're called. Bam! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so he had uh, an astrolith bearer, a skink oracle on a troglodon with tide of serpents, and then a skink star priest. And then his battle line: ten saurus knights, ten saurus knights, ten saurus knights, you know it, five saurus guard. Ready for this one, Rob? Two units of five tree revenants. And That's then a really interesting. Yeah, a Bailwind. I knew you'd want to talk about this. And then we've got a Bailwind Vortex and the Bound Gems of Ulgish. 2,000 points on the nose. Nice, nice. And the Skink Oracle on Troglodon making some big plays here. Um, Paul is famous for his own tournaments, which he's always won. Good point, Lekka Lekka. That is also true. Just a little side note. Uh, again, a throwback <laughs> story, but worth bringing up again. Paul, stop with your own tournaments. Uh, can I just thank Weirmund for gifting a gift subscription in the chat? That's very appreciated. And also to Scrivo as well. Appreciate all of you. Um, 
I like this because actually uh, JP in the chat just asked how do I feel about Croak's new war scroll. I would say that so you you already save points. So Croak's more expensive. He's more likely to die. You save points on the bell. Uh, sorry, on the uh, Bellwind vortex. You only save forty points, but like it's forty points still. So you can basically just subsume that into his cost. So even though he's one hundred and ten points more, is that right? I think he's one hundred and ten points more. He's really only seventy points more. Um, and what do you get for that? I guess. I'd say the stonks on the Skink Oracle on Troglodon are much higher. I think the ability to keep them him farther away, because obviously you lose that plus 16th range to cast and, and do his spells and uh, all of his spells through the Skink uh, uh, Oracle on Troglodon, I think is huge. And the fact that Paul's in there as well. I remember when uh, when the book first came out and we were doing a load of TTS, me and Obeyed played the game where he was doing the same thing through that. And I think that that's actually like a really interesting take because you're trying to hit the Troglodon Instead of hitting the thing that does the thing, if that makes sense, and reducing the range, I don't know. Uh, like it's two hundred twenty points, so maybe not. Um, uh, but one of the things that I noticed a lot of the weekend actually it was really fun watching all of the Scorched Earth games. Was there, you, everyone's ability to fight where they fight? So when you're playing focal points, you fight where you fight. Like you know, the the middle's not very far away. You can throw a dude there. You're fine. But when you've got project power across the board and then you realize an army's really good for just taking a hit and doing not much, then those tree revenants become really key, mm. I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially on forcing the hand because he doesn't have, uh, obviously being in Coalesced, he doesn't have summoning and he doesn't have a teleport. So whilst, you know, and the Saurus Knights only move, what, I think eight inches and then they get a decent bonus to charge. So... You know, if you take the third battle round, which was forcing the hand, you know, it's starting really, really far away. So 160 points on two units of tree revenants just means that he's, his opponent would have consistently had to leave stuff at the backfield um, just to, to cover off against, you know, two little annoying 80-point units. Um, and, yeah, I, I always found with my silver necklace, not that it particularly helped me, but you'd always want to put five tree revs in. Just because it keeps that person honest all game, they can't leave just one little hero on the objective because you can potentially jump in. Game um, winning. Those little yeah. five, those little five camo skinks that we saw played at the weekend uh, by Ray. Um, I think he had some in his list as well. Like all of those little units, those little five man. Like um, when looking at that Daughters King list again, I was like, do I have Shadow Stonkers or Heartrenders? Like, you know, they all fit into that same sort of bracket. Like how, like how do you feel? But it's such such a good utility in the way missions are set up at the minute. And the way you play, they're just very, very, very good. Especially on something like Scorched Earth, uh, I think you can really like jump around, even like and very good into the Gargant match, uh, mm. because they then have to just sit on the objectives and they can't do anything. Like they're like, I have to stay here and guard from you just dropping a dude down. I think, yeah, I, I love that. I love the tree reps. Big also, I've never, I've, I've never really thought about it, but order in such a place for that you those units, those drop down units. Hundred percent. You, outside of like what destruction you can maybe great green hand of gork your little shaman late game but you know as you know units that have it on their war scroll you know um you know heart rend uh, sorry is it life takers or heart renders whichever ones shoot you know they drop down uh, shadow warriors tree revenants shadow stonkers um there's a lot of you know of those little unit uh, chameleon skinks there's a lot of units that you can just drop down and then it gives your opportunity for your your army to fight less of your opponent's army if they're having to continually screen off against the back um, also some people build yeah. their lists some people build their lists structurally like uh, poorly uh, mm -hmm. like that sentence 
<laughs> maybe not as bad as that sentence to be honest with you. yeah people people build their armies like i make my points uh, poorly without really an end point in mind yeah, what i'm trying to say is that when you like if you're talking about seraphon for example or like those units of like big bricks it's whenever i play nathan nathan has just some like throwaway unit of like 10 hammers or six squig herd or something like that i don't care about right because all i'm focused on is the threats but it's the time when i uh when i hit the threats that these little 10 man dudes are just grabbing an objective or someone's teleporting and getting a thing and they're kind of game winning really i think done incredibly well yesterday all day by daniel watching him play with his chain host the flamers so his six exalted flamers 600 points were controlling the board they were controlling the threats but it was really the screamers that were doing all the work. They were just like, the whole time you were like, don't get within 27 inches of the hellhole that is those six flamers, exalted flamers, sorry. Um, but then it was the screamers that were like, killing that little unit, blocking up that thing. Like, just unbelievable. And those little key units that you see in lists, I think really show someone who understands the mechanics on the tabletop and what they're trying to achieve, if that makes sense. Yeah, I am a big fan of Daniil's Flaming Castle. I must say, it's um, it's quite it's quite the list that one. Um, but yeah, so looking at how he did um, over the weekend, so Paul, um, he round one he beat. So this is three of the prevalent threats, and they're all based around shooting. So he beat um, an Urbaz Caradron Overlords list in round one. Then he beat a Dorts of Cain Calibron list uh, in round two, and then in round three he beat the One Drop Shoot Cast. Um, you know the triple, the triple conclave or whatever it's called. Um, so yeah, he had to face off against you know you know pretty much the shooting meta. Um, he he dodged uh, Troy. So there's a, a, the only other player to win all of his games was Troy Hardy with a Zinch Eternal Conflagration list. And you could probably name the list. Um, you know you could reel the list off on your head. You know I think we had Sam Sims Bailey doing well with Eternal Conflagration over in Australia recently. And it is very much the change host, Eternal Conflag, um, you know, with 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 a, a smattering of either six or three flamers. I think he's got a single exalted in there, a couple of units of brims to um, to fill out the uh, the battalion. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think you know those each players wanting to make the most of change host before the rumored changes happen. Um, yeah, be not yeah. long now, boys. Not long now. Not long now. Owen <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jackson topless stream when? Uh, never. You don't want that's to see actually, this. That's this actually what, uh, why Owen is in the, the null void that you sometimes see HBO uh, uh, late night show hosts on uh, right now. That, that empty void he's in because the, the office is being redone into a hot tub room, right? Definitely, man. I mean, I've got probably about £150 worth of inflatable bananas in my front room just next door. <laughs> so, you know, we're going to go wild. I think it's, uh, I think, what do you do? You write the person's name on it and, you know, I don't know. <laughs> right, big shout out to Jabberslide, the lover in the chat. Says Sam's my mate is really good at abusing Zinch. Uh, also, apologies to everything that happened to the Jabberslide. Um, that's, that's a tough time I mean, for you. He says he's really good at abusing Zeech. I don't really think that, like, basically playing Zeech is like being in a, an abusive relationship, isn't it? If you're, a, you know, I don't think there's any other way to play Zeech it's other than... It's not the same as Skaven, but yeah, it's pretty, yeah. I, I liked it. I thought, I think it's fun. Uh, so well done, Paul. Well done, Paul, taking out that event. And obviously, go shout out, uh, go search up, if you're in Pontefract, Yorkshire, or near there, go and look up uh, the Elysium Wargamers. 
uh, uh, shop, which I think is just expanding to a new 16-table venue. So they're going to have 32 players playing, uh, which is just going to be uh, really good. Uh, what else? What else have we got, baby? Um, so I think, yeah, obviously there was the Secret Garden Hammer, which we touched on earlier, and that was a wonderful time. Um, but other than that, I think... Um, it's time now to look forward into the future of Age of Sigmar and let's go. What games will be played? So we've got um, obviously this weekend there might be something going down, right? This Super uh, Series semi-finals. Hot. Hot. I'm getting so a uh, bit just sweaty. because like, we had to do a couple of things to move some stuff around yesterday, so we're actually not going to do the ban phase until like Tuesday or Wednesday. It's still in discussions, so it's gonna it's not going to be tonight. Uh, but yeah, very much looking forward to it. I, I got to say. Um, like I've absorbed twenty four games of Warhammer this weekend, and thrilling, like mm. so many things to take away. I feel weird. Like I, like I really like all KO boat lists because they're bad and good. They're really good when they're really good, and really bad when they're really bad. And that's kind of interesting from like a matchup perspective if you can play it. Like there's such like there's so many cool things you can talk about. Still not 100% certain what the fuck AD Mac was doing with his army. Like, with the three demon princes of Korn. Owen, did you see? Like, it was like. I've, I mean, I've seen a bit was... of the first game. It's rookie numbers, though, man. You want to be like Simon Weekly. Simon Weekly was playing five Korn demon princes. Uh, all of the, it's, it, it is pretty wild. I would actually. I want to see actually how it plays. I've only seen a bit of the first round after watching, you know, after playing on the Saturday. Yeah. But yeah. Um, what what was he doing? Was he winning? Did AD yes, win his games? Is the point. Like uh, it was so cool, is the point. Also, my intense hatred of Fire Slayer has not slowed down. Like Andy Hughes is the most chill Warhammer face ever all weekend. He's like, I'm just gonna as a member of Team Wales as well, you've got to be over the moon. He's just like, I'm just gonna move forward, I'm just gonna move forward more, and I'm gonna win the game. And I'm like, how do you stop that? How do you stop Fire Slayers? Like I mean, Andy and Fire, Andy and Fire Slayers are just like you know, it's in his blood. You know, he when you cut him, he bleeds ginger. That's what <laughs> happens. So uh, you know, he's. I, I think that that goes to the heart of knowing an army really well, um, knowing that it's good, and just I'd imagine that playing Fire Slayers and knowing, um, yeah, yeah, knowing how how to impose yourself on your opponent. It just gives you a massive set of balls, doesn't it? And you just stand there, you know, with the with the you know your legs astride, strutting, peacocking, um, and you just impose yourself on your opponent. Um, I think also the fact that the runic firewall, uh, even if you're like massively in front of it, if you've got one model within an inch of it, it stops you targeting the unit. Uh, that's probably got a little bit to do with it as well. Um, that helps, you know, right? That, yeah, that helps big time. Um, so yeah, we. But yeah, no. But we... I, no, no, I was just going to continue rambling. But no, Andy's a stellar gentleman and an excellent gamer. So um, bodes well. I think Team Wales, we've got five players from our international team in the semi-finals of the Super Series. Ooh. So, you know, look out. Something correct. Because just a shout out to not, um, November. That might be wrong. Uh, the Age of Sigmar Six Nations event is happening. So uh, you're going to see some uh, like hot gossip for that, of course. Uh, leading up to Team England, can they maintain their three? Is this a three-peat they might be on, maybe? Uh, they might be looking for the three-peat, or they've got the three-peat. They might be going for the four. Scotland, they're going to come correct. I know Northern Ireland and Republic of Ireland are going to come serious. I know Wales are serious, so it's going to be real good for them. Uh, yeah, but the Super Series this weekend, so two more semi-finals, so another 24 games of Warhammer this 
this weekend. Uh, so looking for it's a lot when you start doing the maths on it. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, but yeah, that's this weekend. Uh, Six Nations in the far future. Uh, what else is coming up in the in the future? So oh, see- and thanks to and thanks to Tommy Butters for subscribing. Who's got his first game of Age of Sigmar on Wednesday? Uh, he's looking forward to it because he's got his Night Haunt versus Daughters of Cain, and I wouldn't even know half of what I'm doing without the streams. That's super appreciated. Uh, I'm glad it helps. Yeah, and if you really are interested in learning about how an army plays, then I think, um, I know you won't do this, Rob, so I'm going to do it for you. Um, then, yeah, becoming a Patreon for the T-Sports Network, you can watch all those games back um, with the player audio. So, you know, it'd be like literally leaning over the player's shoulder from all of their games and hearing how they sequence their hero phases and, you know, that sort of thing. So, anyway, I'm going to do that a little bit of uh, a little bit of PR there for you, Rob. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, this week, uh, this weekend, yeah, this weekend, fifth and sixth of June, um, there's a buggy to GT over in Omaha in Nebraska. Um, nice. Is Nebraska is, really far north in America? I think so. Yeah, yeah. There's a brilliant film called Nebraska, um, but other than that, I don't know much. Um, <laughs> it's in its tenth year, though, Rob. So they're obviously doing something right, and they play. Um, they play 40K. I think they've got Kings of War. It's like one of those big events where you've got lots of stuff going on. And I think it's a Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday. Uh, but the AOS event is over the, the 5th and 6th, which is the Saturday, Sunday. Um, looked like a really big hall where they had it last year. All the COVID precautions are in place and stuff. So I think that they're taking it. Like, yeah, I was impressed with the pack, I must say. Um, so, yeah, they. Um, I'm not sure the amount of players, but I'll be keen to see what sort of lists are being brought in the U.S., um, and then a week later, um, one of the big ones in the Aussie calendar, Rob. Um, so Sydney Slaughter uh, is in Padstow, New South Wales. So this is um, obviously Chris um, Welfare and James from the Mortally Wounded podcast um, putting this on. Um, so 70 players. I'd imagine, um, you know, all the usual suspects from the Aussie scene will be making a beeline to Padstow um, for, for that one. It's always a good one. And I think they have a really good... Um, a really good leaning towards hobby as well. You know, you've got lots of good painting prizes and things of that nature. So, um, yeah, Sydney Slaughter uh, on the 12th and 13th. So I think that the players have got just a couple of weeks to get their uh, get their armies together, which is always a fun time. Amazing. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, looking forward to that. Uh, I love li- looking at the Australian meta. Uh, Chris and James, obviously, are fantastic people from the Mortley Wound podcast, like you said. Uh, 70 players is a big field, big, big field. Like, um, and that's 12th and 13th of this month. So very close to the kind of like the last dregs of Age of Sigmar 2 um, uh, we're coming up to. We haven't had a date, but we think it's around then. My personal guess is that's the launch kind of like window um, uh, here. So like, I think it's going to be early in June, which means, Owen, in a month's time, you and me are going to be talking about results from Age of Sigmar 3, which is very exciting. I'm very much looking, I know, blinder. And it, it, it feels nice, at least for us in the UK, Obviously, Australia, they've been playing. You guys have been playing for a while. New Zealand, same, obviously. I think some other places as well. Uh, some places around the world still waiting to open up and be able to play, and I know that that's rough. So I'm sorry if I'm super excited about it, uh, but hopefully that just gets you excited about it as well uh, whenever you're able to. And then, obviously, kind of everything opening up and events at the same time. There's going to just be so much information to talk about on the Stat Centre, right? So many interesting things, builds, plays, what secondaries people are taking. You know, the whole sort of process is uh, mind-blowing, mm. so I'm really looking forward to it. Well, I mean, even looking at the chat now, we've had a few people jumping in. So we've got Coots is in there saying that the Measured Gaming guys have got a uh, Rural Rampage is the same weekend. Oh, um, 
There's also a team tournament happening in Granada in Spain this weekend. Learn, train, play, says that. And then, obviously, I failed to mention it, but um, Pask's running uh, Butcher's Ditch, which is a, a, a tournament rounding out AOS 2, um, where they're playing a lot of the, um, the less seen books, the lower tier stuff with some heavy comp. Um, and it looks like Hippie Chef's got to face off against Stuart and his Iron Guts this weekend. So uh, nice. that'll, be, that'll be fun. So, yeah, Warhammer happening all over the place. And it's nice to see that TTS is still going. Um, you know, those guys are all, you know, still putting games together. And I suppose as long as we get to play and do the thing we love, it doesn't really matter what the format is, right? As long as we're being safe and friendly and having a good time. I'm, I'm, I'm hyped for it. I, I really am. Like, more and more games. I just want, like... I want my brain full of units and uh, and the stories and the uh, and the the moments and uh, the player breakdowns where Speckles has to play against Severith again. Like I want all of that. Like I want all of these moments. Like they're so good. They're so good. And, like so many things to talk about. Uh, shout out to the major game, gaming guys. Hope their event goes well as well. If you guys are hosting events anywhere in the world, you should let us know if you're listening or you know where they are. Like if there are events in Spain, let us know. Is there events in France, Sweden, wherever? Let us know, and we'll, we'll we'll get them written down, and then we'll talk about them on the show and give them a big out and try and try and just make this a place where we can make a huge impact on our community for the community. Uh, so the more of that that you can talk to us about, the better. Um, so I think it's going to be really good. If you guys want to talk to me about uh, me later, me and Nathan Prescott about Age of Sigmar three, uh, and also. Uh, the reveals from the weekend. We'll also be reviewing the Kragnos book. Uh, very excited about that. Owen, I can't let you go without asking you a question, though. Go on. Can't. You've seen the Alariel War Scrolls now and the points. Okay. And you've also seen the new. You're a huge Sylvaneth fan. This is this is your this is you. You're a stan for Sylvaneth. Like like I know you maybe won't be as hyperbolic about me on those thoughts. So I'm letting you throw it out first. How are you? What are your feelings on Alariel? Gone up points. Um, just to give everyone a, an indication, I don't think there's anything unfair about this. She's gained the ability to heal 2d6s as opposed to 1d6 in the hero phase, and has also got retreat in charge, not run in charge. That's the that's the core changes. She might have got Lawmaster as well. I don't think she got Lawmaster, which is weird. Yeah, yeah. So she, she got Lawmaster as well. Yeah, she got a few little subtle things sprinkled in there, which 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 blinkered. You miss them. So okay. things like she can be the general in the army along with whoever so you choose. Okay. Yeah, which is cute. Which is cute. Um, uh, she knows the whole spell law, which is great. Um, uh, Metamorphosis is now three plus for mortal wounds, not four plus. So she's effectively got like an infernal gateway if you get that can, spell. Can on. you remind us what uh, uh, metamorphosis, metamorphosis does? So metamorphosis is um, you a casting value of seven, and you roll. Uh, then if it's successfully cast, you roll that amount of dice on a unit within. I believe it's either sixteen or eighteen. Um, and basically, so if you roll a seven to cast, then you roll seven dice, and it used to be four plus for a mortal wound, but now it's three plus. And if you wipe the unit, you turn them into a Sylvaneth Wildwood. So um, it's a really good spell. I mean, when you've got Throne of Vines in there, which does continue to stack, for example, if you want to use her as a as an early game um, gun platform, for example, we'll go we'll go Throne of Vines two turns in a row, so she's on plus four. Um, and then maybe you bust out a pretty decent roll and maybe get an eight, and then you put that through the portal so you can reach out and do, uh, let's say, five. Yeah, you could pick off a support character easily, five mortal wounds, just snipe it out or soften them up and then, you know, ping them off with some bow hunters. Um, so, yeah, Metamorphosis was always good um, and now is really, really good uh, with the, making it a three plus. But overall, um, 
the beetle hits better. The flat six damage on the spear is a genuine threat now. I mean, you could just roll sixes like me, like a gangster, you know, taking out generals on turn one at Bobo. Yeah! Yeah! You know, love that. Um, love that. One shot, though, right? Has she got any pluses to cast? Uh, she doesn't. No. Okay. So she's but, just rolling bones. Yeah. The 2d6 heal is great. I think I would have just preferred a Vermin Lord style five up or an Eidolon style five up. Um, maybe like a 1d6 heal. Uh, from the soul amp foray um, because the retreat and charge is really good she doesn't really get any bonuses on the charge so it's not like uh apart from you can get the impact hits that's nice she's got an ogre uh, sorry a, a d3 or or a, if you roll a six she does d6 mortals on the charge so i think she's got more of a place now and and sylvaneth players will be super motivated to try and put her into lists um i mean i'm playing some games at bad moon this afternoon and i haven't immediately hey. got I haven't gone straight in for for you know taking the taking the trees. I think I'm going to need to sit down and, and see how everything fits together. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think 740 is fair. I, again, she's pointed for the new edition, I think, and and maybe there'll be some points. You know, the the amount of point, everything might start costing more. Um, so yeah, it's weird I, I, though. That's weird. Like the the conversation about pointing something for a new edition, I think, is weird because. Yeah. That doesn't give any like you selling me a book and rules now. Mm. Change them later during your own new edition. It's very like that's 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 fair comment definitely. Um, I do think that it's oof, yeah two d six heal. It sounds amazing, but so does two d six damage, and then you roll three. Yeah, but also right? sixteen wounds on a three up, and like we we know that you can get plus one save in the next edition on her, so it will be a two up. Um, like could be pretty good, but yeah. there's plenty of things that can like kick through. I was going to say, you, on, on a two it doesn't one. matter if you heal 12 wounds if you're dead. It's always been my conversation about Alariel, always been my conversation. She's like, she's in a super weird place because she's a life tank that tanks really badly. Like, like I get it. Like, it, you know, you heal 2d6. Okay, well, I've taken 14 wounds. Mm. Like healing 12 is great, but I should on average heal 7. Like, and that's the best I go. Whereas mitigating a third of all damage would be quite nice as a start. And then not having a mortal wound protection save is, mm. it, like, in the current meta seems pretty nuts, ultimately. And I mean, not even that, like, you know, Daniel's Flames or whatever. And also the points cost, I think, is one of those really key points. Because the Sylvaneth book is generally expensive anyway. So at hiking points, you've got to ask yourself, what did you really gain? Really, she was never taken anyway in competitive lists. So you would think her War Scroll update would just bring her to what her current value was at, where she was already not taken. So she's better at the old points cost. Like, by the way, me and Owen, long-time Sylvaneth stands. Like, big stands. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big stands. Ah. So, like, I wanted to have this conversation with them all weekend. I'm like, how do we feel? Because, like, I think it's all garbage. Like, like, it, like and I mean that, like, garbage. Because she was already not taken. And, like, the change to Wildwood may be effective, maybe not. I'll talk about this more on the show with Nathan later, but Nathan doesn't give a fuck about the sticks. He's like, them damn sticks. So, like, I thought I'd have it with Owen. And yeah. I just, like, I just think, I think one of the things that I find quite interesting about the whole Broken Realms kind of, like, narrative that we've gone on, rules-wise, the rules kind of conversation, not the actual narrative, sorry, is that I was so impressed with what they did with the Ironet Deepkin. They were like, you recognize the Eidolons are an issue. You've smashed it. Great job here. You recognize that turtles are an issue. Great job here. You recognize that, like with idolaters, ignoring how you put it together, you kind of recognize that it would be cool to put those in Slaves to Darkness. That would be fun. I think that's a nice change. 
And then as time has gone on, I'm just more underwhelmed consistently. And this book in particular, especially with the Silverneth, which I was very, key- I was very excited for. I was like, yes, let's have a better. 740 points is a lot of points. Like when you talk about Nagash being 995 or Archeon, like Archeon in Zinch, what, ignoring Zinch, before he's in Zinch, he's got four up against Mortal Wounds. He's got 20 Wounds. Alariel still got 16 or she got 20 now? No, still 16. 16. I think it's 16. So she got less. She isn't. You don't reroll sixes to hit against her. And Owen, you played Archeon loads. Those reroll sixes to hit against Archeon. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, but, and you've also failed to say the four up spelling norm. So all the. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the, the problem is the power output is so great that it doesn't matter that you can heal 2d6 because she's, she's probably just dead and if you haven't screened off correctly. Mm. Um. It's a bit like the argument around units that do cool stuff when they die. It's like, okay, sweet, but I'd rather my shit not die, personally. I'd rather it be alive. <laughs> yeah. So you know what I mean? It's like, great, she can heal back up, but that means that she's been punched in the face a lot. And with the power output, she's probably been punched to death or shot to death more accurately. Um, but I want to be positive, so I'm going to try her, and I will report back to you, Rob. Uh, as regards the War Song Revenant, I think oh, yeah. on the face of it, 275 is a lot. Uh, but I think, again, he brings utility. And I actually, I need to look at it again, but I think that he's got a great scroll because he's got plus one to cast and dispel and unbind near the woods. And then he has a cute little spell. I think you could see the Branch Witch Bomb 2.0, Rob. So hear me out, okay? If you put Throne of Vines on him and he casts that, he's casting it like on a four on turn one or something because it's only a five to cast and he gets inherent plus one. So, and then his spell is roll a number of dice equal to the casting roll, and it's not unmodified, it's the modified casting roll. So, for example, again, get him on Throne of Vines, get him on plus four, so he's on plus five to cast by turn two. Yeah. And then you can put it through a portal um, or up on a Bailwind, uh, and he can basically do, say, for example, you roll average on 2d6, so let's say a seven, plus five is a 12. And what you do then is every unit within nine inches of him or nine inches of the portal or 15 inches, if you've got him on a bailwind, the then roll, um, you know, uh, 12 dice and each five up is a mortal wound. So it's like a scuttle tide or a quicksilver swords. So on you could hope unit. on every unit. So that's how I see him as being a little, a little backfield um, mortal wound generator um, who's then, you know, because you can still, I think the changes to the Wildwoods are massive as well. I have to admit, Rob, I haven't, I've been playing all weekend and I haven't dug in properly. Don't worry, but yeah, I, just, I do, just I do an think, initial take. Yeah, that I think I'm motivated enough to, um, to, to, to get it on the table. I'm not like, this is trash. Um, I want to be positive and I think that um, the changes are good. I'd just like to see how the, the, the new scrolls sit into the new ecosystem. And it doesn't hide the fact that we need a new book. It's, well, see, um, see, that's, see that's, Ken the Plumber, thanks very much for subscribing, by the way. Because the, uh, the Throne of Vines build that you're talking about, which is like, if anything, the only real way we've seen it played, or we've seen Dreadwood teleport with some Colonel Thunters. The issue is, if you compare it to the Seraphon book, Zinch book, even the KO book, like um, uh, like a bunch of books that have been out uh, over time, especially LRL, Jesus Christ. Like, the playstyles that you're able to produce from those books, or uh, Daughters of Cain, they're all varied. They're all mm. different. Like it's the it's it, like the War Scrolls themselves are probably okay, but not really. 
like, and I, I did this on the initial review years ago whenever they didn't come out. The book just doesn't play any differently. It doesn't give you tools or options to play your army differently at all. And it's like, you can do the Throne of Vines one build a bit better. And you're like, cool. How did it do before? Eh, like, not well. And you're like, okay. Like, <laughs> like imagine... <laughs> Like, I'm not good at art, so I'm not going to go and be a graphic designer anytime soon, is my point. Like, don't lean into something you're bad at already. It's weird, is is really how I think about it. But, like, I don't know. Uh, I, think, um, I think that's a little bit disappointing. But, like we say, going into Age of Sigmar 3, maybe Lariel's got a place. And we probably, I'm hoping, are seeing an across-the-board points change. So maybe the conversation of that in isolation. Again, the conversation of it being the Age of Sigmar 3 points, mental. Because... Well, I don't know what the other points are, and yeah, maybe it's only a month away. Uh, of course, like, like and it's, I said, but that that argument is massively undermined by the points in the daughter's book as well, right? Which, yeah. which is yeah, pretty nuts. Um, but um, I, I do think uh, one thing we can't fail to say is the woods. The woods were always the problem, and I think that whilst it's not gone down the route of what you and Vince were advocating around, you know, converting terrain into, um, you know, into wild woods, I think making it one base does really mean that we can actually use our allegiance ability um mm. you know because you're not trying to squeeze things in um so yeah it's positive changes uh, i mean shit when you look at what some armies got out of uh, broken realms like that absolutely useless battalion for the flesh eater courts or you know the osiak <laughs> bone reapers or oh, yeah, I don't know, the bone reapers got like you know obviously the jabber slide meta was needed oh, to be <laughs> the beast the, the chaos beast were getting worse it's it's, it's comfortably the beast lord getting <laughs> five points more points it's so funny <laughs> contact Context is a beautiful thing, Rob. So hey, that... listen, maybe Beast Lords specifically are better in Age of Sigmar 3. That's why we don't understand the point change, of course. Hey, yeah. uh, it's been nothing for corn. Screw you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but listen, like uh, Stuart McCowan said to me earlier uh, in a uh, tweet message, uh, I don't know what they're called, uh, he said, I just run stuff to spite you, Rob. And that is the point of the Stat Center. I want to yeah. see stuff that blows my mind. Get out there, win with your Lariel. Win with your whatever you need to do, your Jabba Slayers and your Beast Lords, and just take it home, right? That's yeah. the, that's what we're after. Tell some stories. Tell some yeah. stories. And, you know, playing Warhammer is an extension of your own personality. So if you want to go there and, you know, play some random stuff and make it work, then that's great. We can all be, you know, what would Darren call me? He'd call me a pervert. That's right. He's like, oh, you, yeah. you, you play such perverted armies. So, um, yeah, go and have Guess fun. What? Yeah. Guess what? I might try and run as a list for a while. Four. Uh, oh no, go on. Guess. Five foxes, isn't it, you twat? You're gonna say <laughs> five... <laughs> This is just me, just fucking just flying through the air. No, not five foxes. Although they're so good. The wind charges are amazing. Now I might try and run uh, um four mortis engines in a Gravelords list. Yes. Like, yes. Is it good? Me. No. But one time. Out of 800 times, I'm going to do so many mortal wounds. Mortal wounds. You're going to take it. Uh, anyway, Owen, it's been lovely talking to you. Thank you very much. No, thank you. It's been great to um, have the time to come back on the show. And you know me, I'll be here as any time I can. I'd love to come and talk, talk Warhammer with you. Um, I've got a shout out for you, Rob. I would like, uh, I really I would like you to do a shout out, out please. I just want to shout out. I think they probably, you've probably heard the, the word Bad Moon quite a lot over the weekend, but just want to shout out Bad Moon Cafe. Um, you know, 
going to go there and play some games this afternoon. Uh, if you're ever in London, um, it's a great place to go and play Warhammer, and they've got all the GW stuff with some discounts, and they do nice coffee. So you're doing too quiet. Sure. You, if you're doing a shout out, it's a shout out. Okay, I'm sorry. Bad Moon Cafe, go there. It's great. They're all lovely people. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. All right, that works. Shout out, Rob. That works. That works. Uh, yeah, shout out you guys in the chat. Thanks for hanging out. It's been really fun. So no ban phase today on the T-Sports Network. So just mo- join me and Nathan Prescott tonight for an old school mano and mano talk. Yeah, there's a lot going on. How do we feel about the new Stormcast? How we feel about the new Boglagrots or whatever they're called. Boggrot Bounders. Um, uh, Boggingtons. I don't know what their names are, but they're great. And I can't wait to talk about it. I heard Chaos Dwarfs are coming out and a particular playtester has playtested them. So I'm joyous because i am gonna wreck the whole universe i'm like there's only 80 shots owen out of my 10-man units stop being marty (laughs) it's gonna be i think you need to lie down rob if you think that's gonna happen oh it's gonna be so good like little tiny hats just blowing stuff off the board it's gonna be great um uh, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. So join me and Nathan tonight. It's going to be super hype. I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, we'll review the Kragnos War Scrolls as well. Uh, they probably won't be uh, as considered as the conversation me and Owen have just had <laughs> at all. Because <laughs> I got some, I got some thoughts uh, which I'm going to put out. But I mean, thanks for being wonderful and hanging out at the Stat Center. And again, anyone out there who wants to tell us about events around the world, get in touch, get in, uh, and we'll talk about them. Uh, and it's going to be super cool. I'm going to do a raid now. Uh, let's go raid someone. This guy. He's painting up some weird uh, git thing. So let's go do that. It's going to be super fun. Force us rude. Boom. Uh, right, let's go. I mean, uh, we got to sign off for the stat center yet. Uh, Talk um, next. How uh, do we get in touch about events? Best way is probably to Twitter DM me. Like, or message someone around me. Like, Owen, Scrivo, any of those people. They're probably the best people. <laughs> <laughs> We haven't quite got a watertight uh, reporting system in place We yet, should talk we? about that after. We should genuinely, for next week, we will have a solution. An email or something is what we'll do. Yeah, yes. that's the plan. All right. Is that the All sign right. off? Next week, we'll have an email. <laughs> no, no, hold on. Yeah, the AOS Stat Center. Next week will be better.